0: I think i heard you say we're doing okay right because it is friday everybody gets get two days off from working do what you want go be lazy in the pool it's still hot here all do just complain about sacramento and the heat every summer 102 today every summer but anyway uh, for those people that have pools that's pretty cool you know i used to have a pool back in the old days anyway my name is charlotte i'm going to be your host for the next hour i am also the owner of the california haunts paranormal investigation team based out of sacramento california we're um excuse me we're 45 strong up and down the state of california which means i have people everywhere and which that also means that if you do have a paranormal issue and you need help we can get to you we may be two three counties away but we can still get to you okay so if you need to contact us do that at californiahaunts.org or californiahauntsradio.com or on facebook you can find california haunts paranormal investigation team see that was easy Tonight's guest is an old friend, been on the show before, and uh, this takes me back to me being a crime courts reporter. I did that for five years, that was my gig. You know, um, newspaper reporters uh, tend to specialize in stuff, and uh, for me it was crime and courts. um, Even though later on I became a general assignment reporter where I covered a little bit of everything, sports and everything. But really, my heart was with the crime and courts. And so my guest tonight, Mitzi Cerrito, likes to write true crime stories. And she's got a new book coming out. And she also has a book out right now that's pretty cool. So I'm going to bring her on. And she can tell you a little bit about herself and how somebody gets into writing crime stories. She's written a whole lot of these books. And they're all really good. So let's bring her on.
1: Hello. Hi.
0: Haven't seen you in a
1: while. Yeah, I think it was it was around the we were still in the wintertime. Now we're yes. sweltering in the summer. Oh, I
0: have heat stroke. I like the winter. Even though it was cold. I can't win. I complain when it's cold. I complain when it's hot. But...
1: Yeah, I th- I think I think we've kind of reached a bit of an overkill right now. <laughs> overkill, that's a good word for our uh, our subject for the evening. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: So how are you doing?
1: oh i'm doing fine i mean you know me i'm always just busy and working all the time um as you know i've got a new book coming out and i delivered another one and i'm still kind of keeping the ball in the air with um the one that's currently out so um you know no rest for the wicked so no time to be wicked
0: you write on so many you know topics about these about these crimes and stuff where do you find them do, do, do people come to you with them or, or how do you get all this put together well, uh, for my series,
1: um, The Best New True Crime Stories, um, I come up with a with an idea for each book, a specific theme, um, mm-hmm. and then I just basically get the word out um, wherever I can get the word out. So writers find out that I'm working on a book and this is a the theme and, and um, you know, I have them uh, pitch me ideas. Uh, you know, I kind of will give a go ahead if um, I think an idea sounds promising. Uh, that's mm-hmm. not an acceptance, but it's it's kind of like a step up the ladder. That um, hey, this this could work. It 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 fulfills the requirement, and um, then we just go from there. So I mean, it's really fun coming up with all these different themes for each book. I don't know when I'll ever stop. I mean, there's uh, there's just so many different ideas that you could kind of um, you know have each volume and. You know, the, and crime never ends, so That's we don't right. run out of material. so
0: much crime out there. There's a lot to choose from. It just doesn't end. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Now, tell me, okay, once they pitch you the story, then do they write it for you and then you do the editing or, or you do the cross-checking on it, or how does that work? Oh well yeah there's a lot of work involved um uh you know
1: they'll like i said they'll give them the uh the go ahead that uh, it works this this could work uh and then they uh do the story um send it to me um and then i start the editing sometimes i might have some suggestions uh perhaps maybe something they could explore a little you know a bit more um and and like i said you know i'm i'm i definitely get my hands dirty with the editing um and uh, then when that's all finished and everybody's signed off on everything, you know, the, the writer says, yeah, yeah, this is fine and whatever and everything's fixed to how it should be fixed. Then the fact checking starts. That's that's like the really um, the worst part of the job. I mean, obviously, the writers, you know, do fact checking, but, you know, sometimes you find things that are still they got they were missed or or. Um, if things are are published or reported on, and then you could get discrepancies actually even in the so-called facts. So, um, you know, it's we try to be as accurate as we possibly can. Um, You know, there's only so much you can do, but uh, obviously people are reading true crime and they expect to read something that's true. And, uh, you know, I feel that there's there's a heavy burden on everyone to make that happen.
0: Absolutely. You have a book out right now.
1: Yeah, the one we chatted about in the winter was uh, the uh, Partners in Crime book. Um, but I've actually um, uh, got the next one coming out in a matter of weeks.
0: So. Yeah, we got back to back books coming out.
1: Tell me about Partners in Crime. Well, partners in crime is exactly what it says on the tin. Um, it's about criminal couples, um, people who are involved in a relationship and they uh, end up committing crimes together. Uh, they might be perhaps one particular individual might be the ringleader. Uh, it could be both people that are pretty much you know, gung ho to commit these crimes. Uh, it, it's got a really diverse group of uh, group of stories in there. I mean, we've got, um, and, and of course, as you know, the stories are very international, so we we hit a lot of corners of the globe. Uh, same with my writers. I mean, they're from all corners of the globe as well.
0: Every time I see one of those Lifetime crime movies, I think of you. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about that. I was just at my friends for uh, a
1: couple of days and and the Lifetime channel downstairs is always on because I think the dogs watch it. And um I was just commenting that every single film seems the same. All the all the female actresses seem interchangeable. I mean, I, if they came and hit me with a baseball bat, I wouldn't remember them because they, you know, it's like the same exact thing again and again and again. And um and one of my friends calls it the uh the man-hating channel. <laughs>
0: I got hooked into those, because uh, there's, there's a lifetime crime channel. I got hooked into that for a while there, you know, where that's all I watched. But then they started to repeat the same movies over and over. But, I mean, it gets addictive. It's like reading, yeah. and I, and I, and I'm not cutting down on crime books, because I love reading, like, your, your your type of book, you know, and different books like that. Your, your books are addictive. Yeah, well,
1: I'm glad they're addictive
0: in a good way.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> they are addictive.
1: I, I'm reading yeah, right I mean. Go ahead. You know, that's that's the thing. I mean, generally, um, I, I think I've got a, a nice base of readers where they pretty much get every volume because um, they're not the same. You know, people think, well, you know, it's, it's another one of these books. So so what? I read the last one. But it's totally you know, they're all totally different. You're never going to get a, a rehash or, or a regurgitation of what was in the previous one. So it's it's a fresh book. I mean, it's just right. but it's all true crime. You know, I mean, and that's the thing, you know, you don't want to have everything be the same. It's the same when I pick the stories. Uh, I have to kind of um, really see what bounces off each other. You know, I don't want to have a bunch of stuff that's going to be too repetitive as far as maybe the types of crime or the or the characters who commit these crimes. Uh, I want it to be really diverse and and a, a lot of variety to keep the reader
0: interested. You know, I, that's, that's my goal. Well, you've written so many of these books. How do you not yeah. do similar repeats? Sorry, you know you've written so many of these books. I, yeah, it must it must be difficult difficult to go through there and not do similar kind of stories and you know in other books.
1: Well, you know, uh, that's why I worked so hard to cast a wide net to get in all kinds of writers. Uh, I mean, I do have um, regulars, uh, people who have appeared in in more than one volume, sometimes several volumes, and that's fine because they also do things that are totally different and not you know, doing the exact same thing all the time, but uh, it's always fun to get a good mix of people and and people maybe who have I've never worked with before. Uh, it and it it always amazes me how they find me. I mean, they, they they seem to just come out of nowhere, and I'm like, how in the world did you find this call for submission? You know, but um, that that's the fun part. It's it's really kind of like um, I feel like I'm casting a film in a way. You know, right. if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Now tell me let's go into partners in crime a little bit you know when i think of partners in crime i think of people like bonnie and clyde you know people like that but out of all the stories in that book which one stands out to you the most oh um yeah
1: you know you're kind of asking me to pick a favorite now that's not fair <laughs> um god you know i don't know my brain is like in another book right now and you asked me about this one um I, I, I like the I, I like the one about um the World War II spies. Uh it's it's a an American couple who goes to the UK and they end up spying for the Russians, uh, and it's set um during the Cold War. And one reason I really like that story is uh one of my favorite ever television series is The Americans, with um uh, Matthew Reese, who's a wonderful actor. I've never seen anything he's in that I didn't like. Um, and I just loved that series so much. And this particular story just sort of like, I felt like um, it it was like the Americans all over again, you know, kind of the similar story where um, the, this couple was spying, but it wasn't for sinister reasons, but it was to try to create some equilibrium so we didn't have too much power in one You know country you know and um that's sort of how this story is as well as was the americans television series which was you know sort of that same theme um what other stories did i like i like mine (laughs) Sure, Is that sure. fair to say? Mine was an uh, uh, interesting one about uh, a couple in London. Uh, it was a Hungarian woman and her British husband who was a, um, a constable for the London Metropolitan Police. And essentially, they're running a bordello out of a very in a very posh part of London out of a flat. And uh, they were like importing women from Hungary. Um, you know, kind of painting this wonderful glamorous idea that you know work in london and all you know blah 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 well yeah i mean they kind of they knew what they were getting into but it was just they were just so exploited and and this couple was just so um uh they, they honestly were not the nicest people, which I suppose really they're pimps. No matter what you want to say about them, they're still pimps, and they're not. Pimps don't have a great reputation. So I really enjoyed doing that story and and digging into it and um, kind of uh, getting into the heads of these women who who were coming over to London, thinking maybe this is a a new start for them, and you know some of them needed to help family back home financially and this was kind of the only thing they could do since the same job in 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 Hungary wasn't paying as well as it would pay in London but eh, they got a big surprise when they came to London because they didn't do that, that well financially either thanks to their um, thanks to this couple
0: <laughs> so i mean there's a lot of that that goes around now i mean that's that's going on right now even here in the united states oh yeah there's that there's that program I don't know if it's still on, but there's a program about all that too you know so what kind of what type of people were they catering to let's put it that way uh well,
1: I mean you know the the escort business in London's pretty big I mean you know you laugh about you know the telephone kiosk people don't go in the phone kiosk to make a phone call. I mean the phone kiosk is basically a bunch of cards from escorts I mean this is this is fact um so uh they, they were advertising online uh, and and uh, some of the spelling was atrocious. I mean uh, <laughs> I mean laughable because you know they the these these ads that they were putting out, but um, businessmen, married men, of course. Uh, I mean, there was uh, references in the in the story about how some of the people who were living in this block of flats would see these rather sleazy guys putting their wedding rings back on after they left. You know, <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty much um, you know it wasn't it, as, as I said it was being run out of this really a posh block of flats in, in Kensington, or Chelsea, rather. And um, you know, they were obviously thinking they were getting an upmarket clientele. And I suppose they were. I mean, better than you would get, you know, walking the streets. But, yeah.
0: you know. Wow. So the, the, obviously they got caught, right? There wouldn't be a story about them.
1: Yeah, well I mean it, it it is sex trafficking and sex trafficking is illegal and that's where the, you know that's how they got caught. I mean, you know, they they were bringing women in from another country for sex work and that's just uh that's not that's not legal in the UK. <laughs> That's crazy, that's but I mean, yeah, this couple was like you know um, just spending money left and right. I mean, they weren't exactly subtle about it, and and the fact that um, the husband was um, you know a special constable with the Met, that's yeah, a bit dodgy, isn't it?
0: Yeah, jeez. Yeah. Oh, but you know, he would have he would have figured. I'm sure that's what he figured. Since he was a special constable, he knew about the law and he could figure out ways around it. You know, until he got caught. You would think. Yeah.
1: I mean, they managed to keep going for quite a while before, you know, the proverbial hit the fan. So, you know, they accumulated
0: quite a lot of money. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Now your new book that's going to be coming out. I even have that. Look at that. I'm on the stick today. Watch, watch, watch. Yeah, this is, yeah, you
1: got it there. (laughs) I was going to flash the book, but you beat me to it. I beat you to it. So tell me about this book. Okay. Uh, Well, again, it's pretty self-explanatory. There are unsolved crimes and mysteries. And um, this is just such a popular theme in true crime because, uh, you know, we just, it's when you get everything in, when you can't wrap up something and you leave all these loose ends, I suppose it appeals to that sort of um, innate detective in us that you kind of want to think, well, who did it? Or how, you know, try to wonder... Try to find a solution for it. Um, and uh, as of the publication, obviously, the stories in this book do not have a solution or a, you know, someone who's been caught for these um, crimes. But uh, again, it's it's an international collection, uh, and it spans uh, a broad time frame. Uh, we've got more contemporary stories. Uh, we've got some that are a bit more historical and uh you know I, the challenge being with a historical story you sort of think you know it's you, you have to put it to bed because how are you ever going to um, possibly solve these cases but uh and, you know as you know sometimes it happens you know sometimes someone might have a deathbed confession or something might be found a document of some sort so um but th- this was a really fun one to do um i have some authors who i've worked with before and there's some new people in this as well and uh we've got uh, obviously we've got unsolved murders, but we have other crimes as well we have uh, uh i suppose you could call white collar crimes and whatnot but um yeah it's it's really all over the place i mean i'm i'm pretty I'm pretty excited about it um I don't know do you have a specific uh anything specific you wanted to ask me as far as stories yes
0: um which one same question as the other book, which one stood out the most to you which story whoa oh, boy um gosh, you know, there, there's some real
1: heavy hitters in this book. Uh, I mean, the first story that, uh, I opened the book with is called 25 years later, this at lesbian double murder still haunts me. And it's about, uh, the unsolved murder of two women in the Shenandoah national park, uh, area when they went, uh, hiking and camping out. Um, and, uh, what's what's I think particularly hard hitting about the story is is that it's not just you know we're not just told the story but the writer Lindsay Danis um, is actually in the story because she's an avid hiker as well and she has been here and how and several times she has been here so we kind of see through her eyes um, what it was like for these women, and and the kind of fear that they felt as as women, you know, as women who had the nerve to go hiking, and as lesbian women who had the nerve to go hiking. So uh, it's it's you when you read it. I mean, I felt I could just feel the fear in the story, and I think the writer has really brought that to the fore. That anyone reading this could really identify with what it was like for this this, uh, couple who was just minding their own business, enjoying nature, and didn't live through it.
0: Do you see, like like working on all these books that you do, do you see a common thread with some of these murders?
1: Um, Well, women are often the victims, uh, as you know, this is just the society we live in, the world we live in, um, and that they're um, often disposable, uh, there's another story in this book about um, missing and murdered indigenous women uh, in the Alberta area in Edmonton and outside Edmonton, Alberta. And uh, I'm not sure if you are familiar with it, but I mean, this is, this is a pretty big epidemic that isn't getting the kind of coverage it should get. Um, it's a problem in Canada, it's a problem in the United States, um, and uh, in this particular story, Uh, by one of my return contributors, Janelle Camo, Um, again, it's that these women were dismissed, um, not just because they were Indigenous, but because uh, a lot of these women, you know, they were, they didn't have money, you know, they were struggling, they were just trying to survive. And a lot of them, uh, they were working as sex workers. So that alone sort of diminished them as a priority in the eyes of law enforcement. And then again, and then substance abuse issues, you bring that in as well, and they diminish even further in importance as far as getting these crimes solved. Um, for instance, just to give you an example, when, when I was fact checking, and I was checking back and forth with Chanel about um, how come you know, we don't have a specific date of this or a specific date of that, uh, a lot of it was down to sloppy police work. The, the cops just couldn't be bothered and I mean, that's that's terrible because it's like prioritizing who in who in this world is more important or somebody's murder is more important or less important. And, you know, it's I don't know. But uh, so that that's another real heavy hitter in the, in
0: the book. Well, you made a point about that, because while you were talking about it, I was thinking of Dennis Rader. And for a long and I'm not saying that they diminished looking for who he killed, but a lot of a few of the women he killed were ladies of the night. That he had picked up you know and, and 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 it took so long to get him so you know i, I agree with you i don't think they put when, when it involves a, a prostitute or someone like that they, they, they do not put the emphasis on it because oh well, they're asking for it because they're out in the car you know they're not soliciting and all this but you know nobody asked to be killed yeah. Well, you
1: know, it's 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 that whole thing in general. I mean, like, um, uh, for for women and girls, it's like, well, if if you were drinking, it's somehow, well, if that happened to you, what did you expect? Or if you went out in the evening with with um, either on your own or with friends, it's if something happens to you, it's like, well, what did you expect? And we never had we never say this to men. And, and um, why is that?
0: Right. 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 Or if you go to a bar, you go to a bar with, the, with, you know, with a bunch of friends, meet some guy. Oh, go ahead and go home. He, he's going to take me home. Somebody you hardly know. You know? Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. You know, some yeah. of these stories are, are really spooky. Like I said, Dennis Rader is a good example of that. But there are other stories of, of girls. You know, like even you look at Ted Bundy and here he was picking up people at, at state parks and stuff. Yeah. And taking them. Yeah. You know, I mean... I don't know. Women have to. And I hate to say it this way because it's a bad thing that women keep getting killed and stuff. But women also have to be a little smarter. People should be a little smarter with when they're out alone or, 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 or a public place like that
1: well you know it's it's um this is a society we live in, and unfortunately um you do have to be on your guard and and you just can't let your guard down because uh you don't know who anyone is or who's lurking around and you know um but but again it's it's this whole idea of of just not prioritizing a a death or a or a missing person you know that's right. the sad thing um there's another story in the book too about um a swedish au pair who comes to boston to look after a well-off family's kids Uh, and uh, she is found uh basically half of her is found in a dumpster um and again is she just didn't get a lot of attention with this murder because she was a foreigner sure so it, was, it wasn't like a big priority for this, you know, Swedish girl from a village who came over to look after someone's kid. It was just nobody was knocking themselves out about it, you know. And I I don't know.
0: <laughs> it's sad. It, it, it is yeah. really sad. Let me ask you this because I know somebody in my chat room's is going to ask. You know, you wrote this book about unsolved murders, unsolved crimes. Have you heard of the missing 911 stuff where people are going missing in state parks and, and all that's going on? Well, I know it happens. I
1: mean, uh, I, and it, I mean, I've I've sort of curtailed things that I was doing before as well. Not just about going missing, but just because of incidents with even like your catalytic converter disappearing off the car in a parking lot. So it's like you start rethinking about things and whatnot. But I, I think the the state park thing is is not anything new. I mean, that's what Ted Bundy, as we mentioned earlier, that's what he was up to.
0: I mean, it's just so easy for somebody, and, and I know people try to say, well, I wonder, wonder what's happening to these missing people and stuff, but it's so easy because these parks, I mean, if you look at Northern California or even Wisconsin, there are so many woods out there where somebody yeah. can hide, you know what I mean? So it'd be so easy, and I'm not saying it because I'm going to do it. No, 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 people don't don't think i, I don't really, you know, to where you can snatch somebody and just disappear.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I mean, that's always something that you're thinking of unless you're in a really busy area. But then again, we got the whole back to Ted Bundy when he was like um, it, it was in the parking lot over by. Um, uh, was it Lake Sammamish in yeah, Puget yeah. Sound? And, yeah. and like he just sort of put on his 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 crutch or whatever he was doing, like, oh, can you help me with this thing? And I mean, so here was a public place. It wasn't like they were off in the woods where no one was around. So. I don't
0: know. <laughs> it's a tough
1: it, 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 don't leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk to anybody like my dad's. Don't go anywhere, <laughs> don't leave the house, don't speak to anyone. Don't to anybody. Just mean, it's getting, getting to
0: that point. You'd be doing that in COVID, you know. Oh, <laughs> well, it is now, you know, and it seems like, you know, and, and and I don't know, it just seems like more you hear more and more of these stories. Maybe it's just because there's better news. I don't know if there's better news media media coverage on them. Or what, but I think you're hearing more and more of these stories. A book like yours is important because people can read about that. The book teaches lessons. Even though it's about these sad things that happen to these people, it does teach a lesson of what not to of what not to do. It's sad.
1: Well yeah, I, I think so too. I mean I I kind of um I kind of hope that with, with these books that some of the stories might provoke thought. Um not just about your own well being and your own safety, your own personal safety, but even about perhaps um where you live, the kind of laws that we have, the lack of protection that we have in many regards. I mean, like even like of the whole gun issue, Um, you know, for instance, uh, other countries get mass shootings and they, they nip it in the bud. I'm sorry, you don't have guns everywhere, but the United States does this like it's a sport. Mm-hmm. You know, every single day there's a mass shooting, but nobody's going to ever do anything about the guns because the politicians are in bed with the NRA, and that's yeah. the truth. Yeah. Um, but uh, you hope that maybe people will read this, like about, for instance, in my small towns book about the um the mass the mass shooting in Tasmania. Like five minutes later, you know, the government says, "Uh-uh, we're not going to allow." anybody to just running, running around with these guns, you know, same thing with, with when it happened in, in Scotland with the school shooting. Um, right. You know, you kind of hope maybe someone might think a little bit and go, Hey, yeah. Why, why is it not, you know, the same here?
0: Right. Absolutely. And you know, like you with your books, when I was in when, when I was working the crime beat for the newspaper, I felt like you did with the articles I was writing as horrible as they were in the murders that occurred and the crimes that occurred, I thought if I could write it clearly enough and succinctly enough so people could understand what led up to this and why it happened, maybe I'll help somebody. Somewhere along the line, I'll save a life or help somebody.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. And I think that's one argument that is being uh, tossed around a lot uh, as far as why true crime is so popular and why it's so popular with women. And that's one thing that they're saying is that perhaps um it's 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 a it's it's a tool you know uh women are reading these stories and perhaps uh in a way kind of getting a bit more enlightened about um you know themselves and perhaps what they can try to do i i you know nothing's guaranteed you could be as careful as you want and sometimes you just have a huge big piece of bad luck fall on you mm-hmm. but um if you can try to prevent things Uh, you know, that's, that's about all we can do. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's definitely the case that it's, it's an educational tool as well. And, um, you know, and also the whole psychological thing, you know, we kind of like getting, getting into people's heads, these, Mm -hmm. these horrible people and what makes them tick. And that's just something that fascinates us. And, you know, probably that's a a big reason people read true crime and, and write true crime. I mean, it is for me anyway.
0: Well, I remember the magazines. Remember the magazines? I don't even know if they have, I've never, I haven't seen those like up on the rock, like where you can really see them anymore. But remember those magazines? It was always some, some guy in a trench coat with a gun pointed at some gal. All those true crime mags. I remember reading it as a kid.
1: Well, um, they still have um, true crime magazines in the UK. Uh, I, but I, I don't know it doesn't what I, I don't know how long we're gonna have magazines anymore, but um I know there's uh, there's some there. Um, and yeah, they're a little bit sensationalist. You know, and that's another thing is I, I try to keep a real big distance between sensationalism and what I do because you know these are real people, these are real cases. Uh, people's lives have been affected. People's lives have ended, uh, mm. and and even if it happened a hundred years ago or it happened uh, uh, a year ago, um, right. I I think being sensitive to that and and not uh, you know exploiting the story or, or you know, I would hate for someone to read anything that's in my book and, and you know, be up, really hurt by it or upset by it if they were perhaps involved in the case or related to someone. I mean, of course, nobody probably wants things rehashed all the time, right. but at least if you do it in a sensitive way, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully that's what I've achieved. And I mean, with the Unsolved Crimes and Mysteries book, too, if some of these cases are still fairly uh, recent, you never right. know. Uh, right. Someone might read it and and maybe they know something. I don't know. It could happen.
0: Well, the other thing I like about your books, and I pointed that out last night when I teased the show, was that, you know, you hear about people like Dennis Rader. You hear about people like like, like Ted Bundy. But with your books, you're not getting those huge stories. You're getting the ones that people don't really hear about. And you're bringing them out. And that's what's nice about it. Well, that is a challenge because, uh, you know, true crime is just
1: so popular right now. I mean, God, there's so many podcasts. There's so many television series. There's just, uh, you know, films. uh, And it's like, well, how do I find some content that hasn't been done to death already? Um, And sometimes, you know, I'll have content that maybe the case is familiar to people. But I I tell the writers when they want to go off and write about it, and I say, look, you've got a big burden on you because this is a well-known case. So you need to come up with something that is going to make it interesting to people who already know about the case. And, uh, that's not an easy task. So, um, obviously I do try to encourage, um, more stories that aren't so known kind of dig out something and, um, because they're so international, um, that's, I think, one way to kind of get out of it, because, for instance, uh, American readers probably don't know a lot of these uh, non-U.S. stories, uh, especially some that are pretty far afield. You know, we're not even talking, say, Britain, but maybe even farther afield that, um, you know, Japan or or um, Italy or, or um, uh You you know, I mean, just places that they are—they're just not going to know these crime stories, these crime cases, and um, yeah, that's the whole fun of it. Because I get people telling me all the time that the the, the, what's so different about the Best New True Crime Stories series is it's so global in its in its approach and in its content. And um, you know, I think globally, so I mean, that's perfectly natural to me. So when I have people saying they're surprised by that, I'm kind of—I'm surprised they're surprised.
0: Now when you when you started reading these and editing them, I know when I used to write them, depending on the topic, you know, and who was involved, I used to really get into these things when I was writing them. I mean, I actually felt for the people you know and you're not supposed to do that, but but you tend to feel for the victims, you know you really do. and well, I think that's important too i mean when you're writing
1: true crime it's it's not just about you know writing about the murderer but it's the people he he or she or they murdered that that also should get some airplay i mean these are these are real people and and um a lot of the stories that are in my books uh do have a focus on the victims. Uh, you know, sometimes the victim almost overshadows the actual uh, perpetrator, uh, mm-hmm. depending on that particular writer's approach. And I, I mean, we can't forget the victims and all this. And I think in the past, maybe we did, but I think that's that's changing more and more, hopefully.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and and um, I would love to write, do, I would love to do a true crime novel at some point or something like that. I have a story that I'm going to sit down and talk to you about a story after this, because I have a story of something I covered that I think is a rather interesting story. That you might like.
1: I think you may have mentioned that to me before, but I'll tell you honestly, doing an entire book based on one case is going to be a tall order. I have to admire um, some of these true crime writers who have actually written a long form, uh, you know, piece on one right. specific case because right. it's 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 a challenge just covering one story in a story sized um, uh, package right you know
0: right, right. Uh, I, I agree. I agree. With yeah. And,
1: and, and then um, just to and the thing, though, I mean, I could understand how it happens because I've gone down that rabbit hole so many times when you start researching a story and you start going in this direction and that direction and finding this out and finding that out. Yeah. I mean, it really is the proverbial rabbit hole. And, and you could just keep going on and on and on. Um, and I just actually recently went through that with a story I was writing for book seven, which is out after um, in early 2023, <laughs> which we'll probably be, I'll come on and talk about that one. But I really got caught in a rabbit hole. And I was like, um, you know, I'm going to have to stop. Or, I mean, my story is going to take up half the book and I'm going to have nothing in it
0: <laughs> other than me. See, now, if, if, you, if, if you would have been trained a journalist, it's easier to stop because you get limited to like 500 words. I know. know. Clients, you know, you got choked. So that was my problem, well, too, is I would overwrite and they would get mad at me. I, get so- I have
1: a word limit I mean I tell everybody I've been trying to say look please don't go over like 7,500 words I mean because obviously there's only so many stories I can fit in a book and there's only so many words that could fit in the book um and and you know you have to take into account um production costs especially now I mean with with you know costs of paper and printing everything's just gone way up um and so uh you know you have to kind of do it within reason not to have some book that's going to end up like war and peace and and, you know everyone's going to go broke publishing it
0: and then photos i mean if you're going to run photos that's, that's going to figure into your cost and all that too
1: I don't actually do that. And, and I've had people ask me, oh, well, why don't you have photos or they send semi-photos? And I'm like, you know, I that's not really what I want to do. I mean, I've seen that stuff with the photos. It's just not my thing. And I didn't want to put any kind of graphics in the story. I, I just wanted the 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 text to be there. And um, you know, if you're interested enough in the story, you could go online and you can find photos of, of a case. But uh I just felt like it was too um graphic novelty for me. <laughs>
0: If that makes sense. No, that makes sense. What types of stories tug at your heartstrings the most?
1: Oh, God. Um, Well, you know, the story actually for My Unsolved Crimes and Mysteries, I I kind of got really sucked into that. Um, uh, It's about a a Hollywood actor who dies in rather mysterious circumstances. And um, as I was researching his life, I felt like, such a, I was feeling such a connection to him. Like I was just learning about the, some of the things in his life, the tragedies in his life. Um, he, he ended up, um, he had a really bad alcohol problem and it just got worse and worse over the years. And, um, he had his wife commit suicide and that kind of, you know, after that, it was like, he was never quite the same. And I just was, I felt such, um, empathy for him and, and sadness that, um, things ended up the way they did and uh, a a career was stopped when it could have gone on for many more years, you know? Right. So that, that was a, that was a
0: sad one to write. Absolutely. How long does it take you to get, put one of these together? The whole book? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh well,
1: you know when I'm when I'm on it, I'm on it. You know, I mean it's it is it's 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 a time consuming process. But then I've got my own deadline to deal with, so it's like I got to get my stuff done. You know, so uh, I, I try to get out the, the calls for submission as early as possible and encourage people to submit work as early as possible because I do pick stories as I go along. I'm not going to wait till like everyone sends in a story and then I'm going to have to, you know wade through all these stories. And often I'll know when a story comes in, if I'm, you know, I'm pretty sold on it. So, um, you know, I get that out first um, and then stories, a lot of my writers will get, you know, my regulars, they get really excited about something when I have my, you know, a new a new book, a new theme, and they'll like jump on it, like really jump on it straight away and, and concentrate and focus on getting it over to me. Cause they also want to be in the book. <laughs> But um so you know we get all this stuff. I start getting in the material. Um, I and I always plan to get ahead. This is this is the funny part. Not it just seems like it I'm still always bogged down. Like for instance, I'll say, okay, when I know I like a story and I give my acceptance and I send out the contribute agreement, contributor agreement, everybody signs it. I think, okay, I'm gonna get ahead. I'm gonna start editing early. I'm not gonna let it slide. But it just seems no matter what I do. I'm still overburdened with with um, all the work that has to go into the book, and and it's like I get it delivered right at the wire, you
0: know. You write so. How many books a year do you write? Uh well
1: I've been doing this this series now uh pretty much full time since I started it so I've been it's been about two books a year that have been coming out but I'll also work several books ahead um, as I mentioned I just delivered book 7 at the in the beginning of July so I mean I'll be in the midst of promoting you know promoting this book And then I'll probably start getting the copy edits in to go over and then I'll, you know, then it'll be the proofing and any other stuff. And then it's like, you, you need to start promoting before a book comes out because, Mm -hmm. you know, reviewers and other people want to have a book before it's out, you know, they want time. So (laughs) it's really an intense period. It really, it's, it's intense.
0: It's It's so interesting because I, I I see like you go on your website and there's just book after book after book after book over there. <laughs> I know, it's been pretty crazy. It's insane, you know, but I'm not saying it's insane for you. I just, it's, it's 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 very impressive is what it is. To see how many books Well I, I got it and
1: I, you know, I want to keep the standard up, you know, I don't want to slack off on anything. I want each book to be a, a good quality book, you know, people are paying their hard earned money for a book. And and I think they have the right to expect something, you know, of, of, of substance and quality. And I, I hope that, you know, I've achieved that um, from the feedback I get, it seems like I have, um, you know, it's, it's it's uh you know I, i'm the same you know if i want to buy a book i i expect something for it i want i want something that's going to stimulate me or entertain me or or I, whatever my my motivation is in reading the book thrill me you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah speaking of feedback do you ever get feedback from from the families of the people in the, you know, that, that are mentioned in these books at all from from who from the families or from the criminal themselves
1: uh not yet <laughs> no i haven't i haven't I'm um i i suppose that's good in a way uh but no no i i've not i uh, had anybody reach out to me um uh yeah i'm just not yet so i mean this is book six will be out and like i said on the um i think it's september 13th so i don't know if anyone's going to reach out to me on this maybe someone will be solving one of the crimes who knows
0: you never know right yeah uh, like that tv show now you know unsolved mysteries
1: unsolved yeah 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 <laughs> maybe
0: i'll have my own next <laughs> so um you know we talked about a couple stories in this book which one would you say really shook you up after you know after going through and editing these things if you had a choice to to say okay one particular story really 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 got to me
1: oh well as I mentioned, the first one about the the two women murdered in the Shenandoah Park and uh, the Edmonton one, uh, right. because it's just so, it, you know, it, it didn't have to be like that kind of thing. Um, let's see, ah, uh, uh, this one, a murder in Wood was uh, an interesting one that uh, I, I I I've worked with this writer before. It's uh, Priscilla Scott Rhodes. Uh, she wrote a really uh, good piece for my well-mannered book about a, um, a gentleman who uh, robbed an armored car to save his relationship. <laughs> so she wrote this piece. It's about an unsolved murder in Beverlywood, which is a neighborhood in West Los Angeles, which is uh, near uh, its near Beverly Hills. It's not Beverly Hills, but it's near Beverly Hills. And its uh, it's an upscale community. And this teenage girl is found murdered, and uh, it's just, again, we go back to that whole thing about women, but uh, this took place in the 60s, in the 1960s, but you have that whole attitude, for instance, by the police and the press, that, um, uh, well, was she a good girl? Uh, I mean, they were asking if she was a virgin, Uh, I mean, what the hell, you know, is that crazy? Like she was murdered in her own home and right. and the question of her virginity was being brought up. I mean, you know, it's just so outrageous. Um, and that's that's the sort of thing that we just keep seeing again and again and again, is if somehow finding a reason that you could blame the victim even though the victim was just in her own home minding her own business, you know?
0: Standard questions, you know, the, yeah, things need to change I know, I know. I understand they have to ask that stuff, I get it, but I don't know, maybe it should be on a crime-by-crime crime basis or something, I probably sound stupid saying that, but you know, because I mean, obviously this girl, was she was a good girl, like you say, you know, it happened in her own home and all this, and it's just, it's just really humiliating for the family even to have to answer those questions.
1: Well, exactly, and there, I mean, there's another story in the book that has, again, this whole thing about um, a woman who is sort of like, hmm, well, you know, th- th- uh, it, this one is by uh, Dean Job, who's a, a really well-known true crime writer, um, and it's called, um, hang on, I'm trying to find the name of it here. <laughs> oh, yeah, The Curious Case of the Dogs in the Nighttime, France's Valley of Hell Mystery. And this is a this is a historical one, um, and uh, it's actually about a relative of, of Sir Richard Branson, um, and it was sort of this bohemian artist woman from England who who moves to France, and uh, again, you know, she's she's murdered, and it's a strange murder because they're trying to say it's suicide, and there's just like no, you know, that doesn't none of it made any sense. Um, but again, the whole point was that she was sort of disparaged in the media because of her, um, bohemian lifestyle. She liked to go, uh, paint the, uh, Romani people. Um, and you know, there's a stigma against the Roma and there has been, and probably always will be the way things are going. Um, but, you know, just as if trying to find some reason why, you know, a fault, like some reason that she's at fault for her own, you know, demise. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, <laughs> you could go back a hundred years, and you could go back a
0: hundred days, and it's as if nothing's changed. I love what you do. I do. <laughs> I've read, I've read uh, quite a few of your books. I'm still, I'm still plowing through them, but I've read quite a few of your books. You know, because I'm just impressed. You, you told me like I said earlier, you overwhelm me with your ability to put these things together as quickly as you do, and and you know, and like, like not not have same stories running over and over, and new topics you're always coming up with um and like you were saying you're not an and rule you know where you're not going to have a book on, on one topic um has there ever been a crypt have you ever had the opportunity and I know this this is a crazy opportunity because I used to have to as a reporter to actually talk to any of these criminals involved at all have you you know and something you've you you yourself have written have you gone out to the jail and talked to somebody
1: um, you know, that's funny you asked that because uh, even though this is somewhat off-topic, well, it's not off-topic, but it's off-topic for the new book, but the yeah. story I told you that I was writing for book seven, the rabbit hole one, um, it was just taking on so many dimensions that I actually thought I could make it a book, but that one would have required me to literally go sit across from this guy in prison, and he's um, such a heinous character that... Um, I just thought, I'm not sure I'd really want to put myself through that. And probably the the guy is so heinous and the crimes are so heinous that no one would want to publish it. There's some things that are so bad, even a publisher probably wouldn't publish it. (laughs) But um, personally speaking, as far as actually being face to face with anybody that I've written about uh, that's a criminal. No, I have not. But I have... um, had conversations and interviews with people that were involved in the crime for instance from a law enforcement perspective and an an investigative perspective so I've done that but um, uh, I mean one story I wrote I mean the guy's dead Uh, actually a couple of them the person's dead so I mean there was just no way I was going to be able to do that and sometimes you know there was also language barriers with one so even if he would have been alive um, we wouldn't be able to communicate very well. Um, so, no, I haven't, but you never know. <laughs> Could
0: happen. It's a very surreal feeling. when I, I bet. Did it, I'm not going to say how old I am, you guys, but when I did it, the the, the the show Oz was very popular on HBO. Remember the show about the prisoners? No, and, uh, I don't. Yeah, there was a show that, uh, that that HBO did about this particular high high-end prison. And, it, and it did, you know, each prisoner had their own story and all this was going on. And I remember, you know, the whole door, door slamming, you know, that with the echo and all that. Oh God. So I go to a county jail and as I'm walking in, I'm thinking about this show, you know, cause it's like, well, you can't take this, you can't take a recorder, you got you notebook know, no sharp objects, And I'm walking down the hall and, and, and there's like an orange line. I can still see the orange line in the hall. Stay on this side of the orange line. <laughs> And they were standing there. There was a big window, and it, this was the men's unit. And I'm walking in, and I, and they're they're all watching. And it was just like in Oz <laughs> in the show. And I was just like so nervous and paranoid going into this jail to talk to this guy. You know, it's it's just a surreal feeling because when you you know you can hear those doors slamming.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the finality of it. Uh, I'm not um, saying I wouldn't do it. Uh, I think, I mean, I think I'd be fine to do it. It's just that it hasn't come up that, um, you know, I really needed to do that. And then obviously for something that's a shorter piece, um, you know, if if there's going to be a a lot of travel involved and cost involved, it's just not really going to be worth doing. But if it was a book, um, then I can definitely see that would be needed you know, especially to get someone else's, um, perspective, sp- specifically the criminal's perspective. Cause I mean, everyone has a story to tell it's, you know, whatever comes out of their mouth, it's up to you if you decide to, um, believe it. But, um, you know, I think the closest I've come, um, with, with one of the criminals in my book was, um, in the small towns book, uh, Christian Cipollini wrote a piece about, um, a drug cartel hitman, um, El Mano Negra, and uh, he sent uh, him the book. <laughs> so I've got a photo of this guy who's in the penitentiary holding up the book proudly.
0: Oh my God, that's funny.
1: I know, I know. I just thought, oh my God. Now <laughs> Apparently we- it's getting passed around. Everybody's
0: reading the book. That's hilarious.
1: I know. Now- now, when no, sit- I'm not getting any strange fan mail from the pen, so I don't
0: know. When you sit down to write a story yourself, how what what do you do for your research? Do you do you end up going to the courts to, to read through the court testimony, or how do you do that?
1: I do whatever I can possibly do, um, uh, you know, because as I said, it's that rabbit hole again. And you, for instance, like I'll start with um, newspapers, and then. I'll end up with maybe um 40 different sources that are newspapers and then they'll you know because again it's that whole cross checking your facts too because sometimes there's discrepancies in the reporting sure which there shouldn't be, but there is, and we know about deadlines and that is what happens. Sometimes you just have to hurry up and hope for the best. But, um, uh, so yeah, I mean, whatever I can, I can possibly ferret out, uh, looking into records, um, if if there's somebody that I can actually con- contact about something, you know, uh, that sort of thing. So, um, you know, it's, it's different with each story, really.
0: Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, because I know, like, even with, like, like you say, new- various newspapers because you know different reporters have have their own take on it and that's yeah, yeah. sometimes piece something together from other stories you know from, from from like three or four different stories and then get oh yes I'll see
1: things regurgitated from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, and I don't want to necessarily like parrot somebody's so-called opinion or perspective on on it. You know, I try to give it, um, you know, tell the story and let the reader sort of um, uh, determine what they think about it, but... um, yeah, I mean, you know, you just uh, basically just try to ferret out information wherever you can ferret out. I mean, uh, once I even went and drove around uh, an area where there was a, a a mass shooting because I sort of wanted to see what it was like in this neighborhood because it was just this lovely residential neighborhood in a very wooded area, lots of space between the homes, you know, kind of place i be happy to live. Um, but I kind of wanted to um, just feel what it was like there and just really kind of see how it was and how imagine this guy going from home to home and just open
0: firing on his neighbors. You know. Wow. Oh, wow. So uh, in a nutshell, with your new book, tell people what's in it, what they have to look forward to. Well, um
1: I, you know, I'm I'm really pleased with it. You know, you know when you ask um a band and say you know what's your favorite album, it's like the album that they've just put out. So sure. I have to kind of say that as well because it's just like um you know this is the one that's the most recent, the one I'm the most excited about. But um we've got stories uh, from the United States, Can Canada, Britain, uh, uh, uh gosh, uh, where else do we have uh, Australia, um. Blah, blah, blah. It's like just Italy. Uh, so, you know, we're all over the place. Uh, 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 Austria, we've got a, a story from Austria um, about a, a guy who's still missing. And um, who knows, he might still be alive. But it was one of those situations where he was um, uh, thought to be a murderer. And yet, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in the case that uh sounds like he didn't do anything but he was sort of set up you know and everyone was had their own motivation to kind of see him fry so he he escaped he managed to escape so i yeah so so we like i said we're going back from uh some historical pieces all the way up to pretty recently we've got a a, a mob story um from one of uh, my another another contributor i've had david breakspeare and he's a he just loves mob stuff. So I, this is the second time he's done a mob kind of story in the book. And, uh, yeah, uh, we've got uh, Wales—a story about a little girl who's who's uh, found murdered in Wales. It's a historical piece, uh, and it's one of those frustrating ones as well because it's so long ago, and yet uh, the records—you know—they're not—they're not unsealing records, even though it's like it's—you it's, kind of wonder, like, uh, okay, what's the point already? You know, everyone's probably di- almost going to be dead soon, and they're still not—you know—they're saying, oh, it's active, you know. Things like that. You just say things that are so frustrating. And and I think we just see that a lot with, with unsolved crimes, you know, the frustrating elements. And you kind of wonder, like, does anyone even give a damn to solve this crime?
0: Right, 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 right. Now tell me about the book that you currently have out now. Uh, the, the Partners in Crime? Yes, ma'am uh well that's that came out in uh
1: oh january so i think we we chatted about that one and uh and it's just again it's uh an interesting study and in, and how uh, two people get together and they create havoc you know um it's, it's just um there's there's people who are being led by the nose by their partner and others who are just like uh you know, mutual instigators of, of crimes. Um, and then, you know, there's some pretty hardcore stuff in there as far as the types of crimes. And uh, uh, it's just, it's it's kind of fascinating to see the dynamic in the relationships of, in, in, in these, with these couples, you know, and, and really what um, drives them. Um, you know, as I know we've uh, in in these types of partnerships uh there's always a sexual element or there is often a sexual element, I should say, and there is definitely a sexual element in, in um
0: a number of these crimes absolutely now, what possesses someone like you to get into writing these types of books
1: uh, well, I don't know someone like me, what is this
0: someone like me? <laughs> well, you seem like a very bubbly person. Oh well
1: uh, you don't you oh you're not seeing that I got this guy in the back. he's chained up, no, I'm just kidding uh, okay. <laughs> I'm oh damn, I have to wipe the floor off. it's got so much blood on it. well, no, actually, um, you know, I work in a lot of different areas and i've i've i like to kind of not do the same thing all the time. And, uh, I, have done a lot of fiction. Uh, I have done some nonfiction. And as, as we discussed when I was on before that I did do my undergrad studies in journalism. So, um, in a way I was putting my journalism hat back on to do true crime. And, uh, even though i hadn't done it not you could say i was like a newbie to the area <laughs> to the neighborhood um i wanted to do it as best as i can and i wanted to do it right and something that i could feel proud of and uh so when i you know when i get my teeth into something i i give it everything everything that i have and uh so now it's true crime tomorrow i'm not sure you know i'm i've just started back on my poor neglected crime novel so who knows maybe uh in another year or two, you'll be chatting to me about that one. I hope I can get it finished. <laughs>
0: maybe we will be. Maybe, maybe, maybe. So are you going to do a book tour or anything with this, or are you just going to sit tight? Or,
1: Well, actually, thank you for asking me that, because I made a note to myself. Um, I'm not doing any public appearances in person, because I'm sorry I'm not putting myself at risk. If other people want to do it, power to them, but I'm not. But um, I'm doing a virtual event. Um, with two of my contributors. Um, and we're doing it uh, uh, for uh, Joseph Beth Booksellers. They're they're out of Cincinnati. And they also, I think they have a store in Lexington, Kentucky as well. So we're going to be doing a panel kind of discussion. And that's going to be on Thursday, September 15th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, and my website, if you go to events, you'll see the information there. Um, and it, it's going to be on Zoom. So in order to attend, you have to, quote, register. And then you'll get your own Zoom link. But but uh, that's open to everyone. And I think that should be really uh, an interesting uh, event. Uh, and it'll be uh, Lindsay Dennis and Janelle Como, who I mentioned from the book. And so that's, what, uh, that's one event that we'll be doing. And I really hope that the video will be available after that so that, you know, people who couldn't attend will be able to watch.
0: Well, who knows? Maybe you can start doing more too. I mean, COVID changed all that to where it's okay to do these things online now.
1: I'm happy with it because I mean, I, I mean, I wasn't. How how am I going to go to Cincinnati? You know, I mean, it's like you know, I, I I'm not going to you know, it's cost a fortune to go to Cincinnati to do an event. So now I can do an event in Cincinnati and I don't have to be there. And um, and and we've got uh, Janelle's in uh, Nova Scotia and, and Lindsay's in New York. So it's like. Here we are, the three of us together, and 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 all these people from who knows where they're tuning in. And uh, I mean, I think virtual events are fantastic. I think it's one of the best things that's come out of of the whole COVID thing. Was is is the impetus on on having all these virtual events for books? I, think I mean, you're really casting a wide net. You're really um getting a. You can, like I said, anyone. Some somebody could be sitting in Tahiti on the beach and and tuning in. You know. You know.
0: I think it's really cool. Even with this show, you know, I've interviewed I've interviewed people in Australia, over in Scotland, England. You know, I mean, everywhere. I got, in fact, a guy in um, in uh, not Hungary but uh, Austria. I interviewed a gentleman in Austria. It's Funny you
1: mention that. I did a book event in in Vienna some years ago. <laughs> back in the day, yeah,
0: back in the day. So Back what in the day, watching? an in-person event. People were actually sitting there in, in the in the bookstore. <laughs> so here's my question. I don't know if I hit you with this question last time. You're standing on the strip in Vegas. You've got other true crime writers there. On the bright side, Ed Rule's not there, so we don't have to deal with her, right? Just, the big lady's not there no more. But um, you've got other true crime writers out there, and you want to get people to read your books. What do you tell them? <laughs> Read this book, or else. <laughs> Read this book, or else. I don't know. You ain't gonna do that, Dora.
1: I, I should put on like a sort of a, a a Godfather Brando voice when I do that. Read
0: this book, or girls. You'll find a horse in there. Kiss the, the ring. ring. <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. How can people find you?
1: Uh well I have my website mitcisereto.com and um that's m i t z i or z if you want to be uh, non-American, S-Z-E-R-E-T-O.com. And I've got all my books there. Uh, I've got uh, uh, interviews up there, videos like my Facebook Live events are on there. Um, Upcoming events like the Joseph Beth one is is listed there. Um, Handy links to um, booksellers that you could just click on and order a book. I, I try to make it as easy as possible. And, and of course I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. I'm I have a Facebook page. Uh I'm on Instagram and I'm now on TikTok. I've gone to the dark side and I'm on I'm TikTok.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm I want to get your opinion on this because I'm an older person. I'm, you know, I'm just getting my TikTok rolling. No, you your talk-
1: TikTok's busy, man. Every time I go and turn on the thing, it's all you.
0: <laughs> when you talk about a rabbit hole. Yeah. TikTok is a rabbit hole. You could be there for hours every day. Drinking your coffee and checking out all the, you know, checking out all the stuff. TikTok's horrible. It's great. I know,
1: but every time you turn it on and it it defaults to stuff and I'm like, what is this crap? I don't want to see this. It's like, what the hell? You know, I don't know. I just, I think there's a lot of people who have a lot of spare time. Yes. Like too much, too much
0: of it. These people are so creative. That's what gets me. I have to sit there and beat my head against the wall to come up with a comedy skit. And these people are just cranking them out left and right. I well,
1: I don't know. I I don't I don't know what to say. I mean, I've been like trying to um with my TikTok, I've been sort of um editing some of my Facebook live videos and just sort of getting like 2 or 3 minute bite from it just as a teaser and uploading those because I mean, they're you know, they're like 45 minutes long. So yeah. I'm not going to put that on TikTok. But um yeah, it's just um it's crazy. It's it's crazy. And then it's like you'll have people tell you, hey, did you hear about this new place to go and have a have a profile and do stuff? And it's I'm crazy. like, oh God, leave me alone already. I can't I just can't do anymore. I just so I'm I, ODing.
0: I, TikTok added an hour in my evenings. You know what I mean? Had, you know, just to take a video like this and cut it down to one or three minutes.
1: I know. It's terrible. I know. And I know that's what you've been doing. So you understand it when I say that's what I've been doing with the old Facebook Live uh, events, the one-on-ones with some of my contributors, the same thing. And it's just like, okay. Then you wonder, does anyone actually see this stuff? Because it's like all oh, they're doing stuff is like watching something of a car crash. Like, you know, that video has got like one million views or, or something like
0: someone stepped in a, a mud puddle. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Am I missing something? Um, I'm going to be going to Disneyland in... February, so I'm going to do a live at California Hunts radio from Disneyland. I'm going to go live the whole day. And I've been Fun. Talking, I've been talking to some of the creators that already do that over there, and one in particular said, "Well, with TikTok, the key is you have to keep plugging away." He said, "You, you may have 30, 40 videos up there. Don't get discouraged. Look at the numbers. If you if you have 100, you know if you, if you have 25 people or 200 people looking at your videos, take those numbers and and add them all up into the number of videos that you put out." And that's how many people have seen your videos. It's, you know, there's there's a limit to how much you
1: could do. Like, I mean, as an author, I, I am spending far too much time on, on a lot of things behind the scenes and 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 get, you know, to get the books out right. there and promote the books. And it's just, it's, it's almost to the point of ridiculous, which is why I can't finish a novel. And um, all these things like TikTok... They're such time suckers. You know, I mean, just to do a post or, you know, and and and, all, and then say, oh, did I tweet enough today? And, and, and did I Instagram enough this week? And it's just like, it just doesn't end. It's, it's, it's more than a full-time
0: job. And then, God forbid, when you're over at TikTok, you start looking at videos. because then it's game. Yeah. Also, boom, 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 boom. You know, and the next thing you know, it's three hours later. Yikes. Yeah. 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 But it's, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting into a pace with it now finally I'm getting into a pace. So hopefully I I can get things going. Like I know I have to spend an hour after each show, you know, take this show, upload it to my RSS feed for the podcast version, and then take the video from, from this show, you know, chop it up, you know, for something that's usable on TikTok. knock that out. Then I take a dinner break. Then I, (sighs) then I'm back in here by 10 looking for guests, you know, and I'm doing all that. And then during the day, it's, you know, the routine of get everything teased out on Facebook, you know or at the end of the week, once I get my guests lined up for that week, you know, get things teased out on Facebook and things teased out on Meetup, <laughs> you know. But uh, and then that goes in the day routine where I get up in the morning, get the stuff face that you know, teased out on on um, on me on, on, on Facebook. See, I get confused even anymore with it, and then in the afternoon, <laughs> it doesn't end, then it goes to Twitter, then it goes to Instagram. <laughs>
1: So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Times. Yeah, and now the fun then on TikTok, you could share over to Instagram. So, like, I'm doing that, too, to sort of get double mileage out of stuff. <laughs> like... Yeah,
0: I've been doing the the shortened videos that I'm doing over on TikTok, and I'm keeping an extra copy on the side to put them up on Instagram now. So, I've been moving. Yeah. Slow.
1: Room, but know. then you gotta you do all your hashtags on Instagram, and then you gotta be careful because you, if you do uh, too many hashtags, then somehow it never gets posted. Have yeah. you noticed that? And so it's like you gotta post the damn thing. Then you yeah. gotta go back in there and edit it with the rest of the stuff that you wanted to put. So it's like it's so time consuming, and, and nothing ever goes right. Things
0: disappear in the ether. <laughs> There's a bunch of young people laughing at us right now. You know that. I don't know. Maybe they're laughing at us. They are because young kids are like, boom, boom, boom,
1: boom, boom. You know, we sit here and we're like,
0: yeah,
1: but they don't have as many hashtags as we do. I just keep hashtag until I run out of letters. That's all. This is what comes with life
0: experience. More hashtags. (laughs) I'm glad to hear there's somebody else like me out there. right now. (laughs) When I first started adding the TikToks, I was overwhelmed big time. At least now I'm able to pace it a little better, you know? It is always fun to have you on, and I thank you for coming on today. I really do. Thanks so much. It's I'll a see wild. you again. <laughs> I definitely want to get you back on because you're fun to have on.
1: But, uh, thank you.
0: Before we go, I want to make sure people know that the new book will be coming out. Dun, dun, dun. When's that coming out?
1: Uh, uh, September thirteenth, 2022.
0: Okay. And where can people get it? Anywhere they please. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so that is Unsolved Crimes and Mysteries. And I'll be looking for that one. The Best New True Crime stories, Unsolved Crime and Mysteries by Mitzi. My my, my mouth doesn't want to work either today. (laughs) (laughs) Cereto. Cereto, that's it. My Hungarian friend. (laughs) So yeah, shows you where I'm at today. So remember to pick that up in September. And I will show the uh, current book you have out plus your website on here so people know where to contact you as we close out tonight. But thank you so much for coming on. Thanks a lot. I'll see I would you love again. To have you on again, and we'll see you again. Okay. Okay. All right. Have a good evening, Mitzi. You too. Bye bye. All right, that was fun. She's always fun to have on, and I love her books. I love true crime. I mean, that's. I mean, look. Look at what happened Sunday. Sunday, I'm going to be reading, you know, Re- Re- Rebecca F. Pittman's book on Lizzie Borton. You know, we're still involved with that. But I mean, I love reading true crime. Now Monday, we're going to have Rebecca's going to be on talking about the Ghosts of Versailles. You know, so we're going to get a little bit of history there, all right? So that'll be Monday. So to, so tomorrow I'm off. Sunday I'll be here at 6 o'clock. We're going to be reading, at 6.30, we're going to be reading from uh, Rebecca F. Pittman's uh, history and Haunting of Lizzie Borden again. Remember, right now Lizzie's in trial, so we're still going through the trial. And then Monday, Rebecca will be with us for Ghost of Versailles. Versailles. But uh, I, I want to thank everybody for coming. I want to thank everyone for the donations. That we've been getting. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, it, 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 it makes my heart feel good. Thank you so much. If you've been watching from Facebook, please be sure to hit that follow button. If, you're, if you've been watching from Twitch, please be sure to hit that follow button. And if you're watching from TikTok, same thing, follow button. If you're watching from YouTube, please be sure to subscribe. There's a little uh, ghost. <laughs> that's Friday. There's a little ghost in the bottom right-hand corner with a Sherlock Holmes hat on and a magnifying glass. That is our mascot, and that will get you to to subscribe. We've got over 350 videos over there. And as you can see, we don't always do paranormal topics. We cover all kinds of topics, just like this. So I think you'll find something you'll like. There's a little bit of something for everybody. But uh, please do that. If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. That way you get even with them. We're equal opportunity here. But again, I want to thank everybody for coming. I really appreciate you. And I will see you all Sunday at 6.30. In the meantime, I'm going to run Mitzi's uh, website and her other books. So you can see where, where, where to get that, okay? Here we go. The website is Mitzi, S-Z-E-R-E-T-O ocom And that's Mitzi with two eyes. And the best new true crime stories, Partners in Crime. And, of course, you can get that at Amazon along with the rest of her books. You can also see her books at her website as well. Okay, guys, I will see you Sunday. My weekend starts today, too. So, see ya. Have a good night.